The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm here with Spencer the Wizard, and we're happy to announce it's on. The NFL season 2014 is on the air. Week one, and we're here to break it down for you on Voice America Sports. So without any further ado, let's get right into it, Spencer. Let's break it down. Well, I'm so this is one of the best days of the entire year. Is the first Sunday of NFL football action, and you wait all off season, all winter, all spring, and through the preseason. The preseason really whets your appetite, and today we have a nice full slate to analyze. It's a little bittersweet because then you gotta go to bed and get ready to go to school tomorrow. But guess what? We got the uh, we got the Giants versus the Lions, and we also have a little late night treat with Arizona. And San Diego out there in the desert. So, um, but Sunday, what a fantastic day to start the season, as you mentioned. And uh, let's talk about some games. Well, we were on hand covering for Voice America. We were in the uh, luxury skybox, and we were there for Eagles Jaguars. And I can tell you, it was a tale of two halves. The first half, Chad Henney went crazy. They were up 17-0. And the story was Nick Foles looked like he was Cinderella when the clock struck midnight. Or I should say struck midnight, not striked. And what happened there, that he threw a bad interception, looked very shaky, and was throwing the ball everywhere except on target. Meanwhile... Chad Henney was looking like the second coming of Peyton Manning. And it looked like the Jags were in for a big upset. As they went into halftime 17-0, we heard the crowds raining down booze as only the Philly fans could do. And Spencer, you, you were privy to that first half. What was wrong with the Eagles there in that first half? Well, you looked at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they just came out a hungrier football team. The Eagles were favored by 10 in this game. You looked at Jacksonville last year, was the third worst team in the entire league. At, a, at, at the quarterback position, you have Chad Henney, who is mediocre at best. Chad Henney 
is not an elite NFL quarterback, and he never really has been, even in his days in Miami. And he's pretty much holding a place down right now for Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles is going to be a successor very, very soon. And for Jacksonville coming into this football game, no one really gave them a chance, and rightfully so, because the Eagles had the best offense in football last year, Shady McCoy, Nick Foles, and Jacksonville Jaguars, they just didn't really have a passing attack. Toby Gerhardt is not blessed with speed and doesn't really scare you at the running back position. So in the first half, I was I was definitely stunned by what I saw. The Eagles offensive line was getting blasted off the ball by Jacksonville. Nick Foles was holding on to the ball way too long, taking some huge shots. And Jacksonville was loading the box and forcing the Eagles to throw the football. And that was pretty much the first half, was Jacksonville just controlling the line of scrimmage and just really playing hungry, hard-nosed football. And then Chad Henney was actually making the Eagles pay. He played a wonderful first half, and Jacksonville's offensive line really gave him time to uh, to butter up the defense a little bit. So Jacksonville, it all started with their defensive line, and they were just hitting great in the first half. The big storyline coming into this first game was could the Eagles play the offense without Deshaun Jackson, without the big play threat? And in the first half, it looked like the answer was no. Jacksonville was playing eight in the box. They really held LaShawn McCoy to just over three yards per carry, which is less than his average. And Darren Sproles didn't get much action in the first half. One of the big storylines also was two injuries on the offensive line for the Eagles. Barbary, who's filling in for Lane Johnson, who's on a PED four-game suspension, and that was magnified when he went out. And worse yet, we don't have an official MRI diagnosis for Evan Mathis. But being there, I could see that it looked to me as if there was either a tear or dislocation of his knee. And the preliminary report was an MCL tear, but I also fear that he may have a fracture, that is a patellar fracture, and I'm also fearful of a dislocation of the knee. We'll know more tomorrow. However, when you get a warrior like Evan Mathis, Mathis scre- you know, basically screaming on the field, that's just a bad sign, and he could put no weight on the leg. So... Essentially, the Eagles were down to their last lineman. They, they had two backup offensive linemen, and Chip Kelly was asked after the game, what would happen if another person went down? And he said, we would probably have to play a tight end at offensive line. And the question was, would you play a defensive end or a defensive tackle? The answer is no, because the tight ends know the schemes. They know the play calls and a defensive player would not. So that's how dire the situation was for the Eagles. They literally had no backup linemen. And in the second half, they came up strong. Falls turned things around. As it turned out, he threw for 275 yards in the game. Um, Jeremy Macklin made us temporarily forget about LaShawn McCoy when he essentially had a great play with two post patterns. They had Cooper and they had Macklin going down. And the safety bit on Riley Cooper... And that left 
Macklin open. A great throw, about a 40-yard throw in the air, and that broke it wide open. Also, two clutch field goals by the new kicker for the Eagles. That is a 51-yarder and a game clincher, essentially, before a, a Laffer uh, defensive score. So, looking at this game, it was a tale of two halves. And the Eagles dodged the bullet, and certainly the game was way closer than the score indicates as they double them up 34-17. to 17. Well, it's just so funny how we talk about, you know, basketball as a sport as defense turning. If you execute on the defensive end, defense could turn into offense. And with Chip Kelly and his scheme, that really is the case because the Jacksonville Jaguars offense was atrocious. I don't think I've ever seen an offense that poor in the third quarter of that football game. And they just made a ton of losing plays. You looked at Jacksonville in the first half. They dominated the first half. But Josh Scobie in the special teams unit missed two field goals. One of them got blocked. And then Scobie hooked one, a pull hooky, into the stands from 50 yards out. So Jacksonville, you're on on the road. You can't make those mistakes versus a playoff football team. Then you look at Toby Gerhardt. He couldn't even get 50 yards rushing. And I don't even think Jacksonville got a first down. Okay? When your defense is playing the fastest paced offense in the NFL, you know what they need? They need rest and you need to sustain a drive. Jacksonville was just spoon-feeding the Eagles the football in the second half by not being able to execute and move the chains. So... And and also, Nick Foles just had all day to throw the football. So as long, as much as the Eagles did well in the second half, they played their game. Jacksonville also spoon-fed the game and just really played poor in all three phases in the second half. But it's time to bounce around. Well, we give, we, we, we give pay homage to a team that has often been down and often out. This team always finds a way to lose. But today, the Buffalo Bills, with one of their greatest opening day victories, beating the Chicago Bears for the first time at Soldier Field in the history, Bills beat the Bears at Soldier Field. Started off with a convincing 17-7 to lead at halftime, and this thing all went down to the end. <coughs> and at the very end, Stevie Johnson um, ran a play, uh, essentially going down where the Bills kicked an easy field goal in overtime with a stunning victory. Bills 1-0 for one of the first times in memory. And the Bears go down. Spencer, your thoughts? I thought E.J. Manuel really played well today. You know, Manuel isn't necessarily blessed with being able to throw a ball on a frozen rope like Andrew Luck or Matt Stafford, but E.J. Manuel was very accurate today. I think he went 13 for 20 for the football game, and Robert Woods played nicely. E.J. Manuel was just very efficient. And then you look at the two-headed monster. C.J. Spiller had a couple plays, but Fred Jackson in overtime, he took over that football game, and he ran it down 45 yards to the one-yard line, stiff-arming his way. And if you were to ask Buffalo Bills fans who their favorite and most loyal player is, it's Fred Jackson. He's never really been a starter on that football team, but he's always been in the mix at the running back position. And for Buffalo to really go into Chicago like this, Chicago's always on the precipice of, of doing something great. Alshon Jeffrey turned out to be one of the biggest steals in the NFL draft. 
loaded with talent. You have Martellus, Brandon Marshall. They even picked up Santonio Holmes, and he's on the Bears. So they are stacked offensively. And for Jay Cutler today, through a couple of costly interceptions, when is Jay Cutler going to turn the corner and become an elite NFL passer? I think it all has to start with his footwork. But for Buffalo, to get a stop on defense and then have EJ Manuel drive them down the field, this is a game, as you mentioned before that Buffalo usually blows in the end finds a way to lose and today they come in on the road and get a win and now next week they host the Miami Dolphins this is just going to be really fun for the Buffalo Bills they have some momentum early on in the season what a win in Chicago huge looks like we're up against the break we've got a lot more NFL football to go We thank you for listening to our show, Bruce the Sports Talk, on Voice America. We'll be back in three minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, 
back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm a neurologist and sports medicine specialist practicing in the Philadelphia and Delaware areas. If you'd like to be evaluated by us, we'd be happy to bring our diagnosis and expertise to you. And we're at 610-521-6063 or anywhere near Delaware, Maryland. We are 302-636-0920. We'd be happy to take care of you. Well, it's week one of the NFL season and very exciting for us as we went through the summer doldrums. And let's get back to the scores and the games. Let's break it down. Browns at Steelers. Steelers up 27 to 3 in this football game. And Brian Hoyer and the Browns offense, they're on the verge of throwing in the towel and having Johnny Manziel come out for the fourth quarter of this football game. And that's what a lot of people were expecting. And I'm sure Browns fans in Cleveland at that time were clamoring for Manziel. But the Browns forged a comeback in the third quarter. Brian Hoyer with some magic. The Browns come all the way back, scoring 24 points in the third and fourth quarters combined. For the second half, outscoring Pittsburgh 24-3. to Unfortunately, the Browns had an opportunity to, to steal this football game. And the Browns are a team kind of like Buffalo. A team that when it gets down to crunch time, they don't know how to win close football games. And Mike Patine, this was a new regime. Brian Hoyer at quarterback. But the Browns, they did something that this franchise has, has done for most of its time. And they had the football back with two minutes left um, on the 20-yard line. And they they, they just did one of the poorest jobs you could possibly do. They allowed a sack on first down. And then on second and 16, you threw an incomplete pass. And eventually, you end up punting the ball back to Pittsburgh with only a minute to go in the game, but Pittsburgh's on the 50-yard line, and then Big Ben does what Big Ben does best. One of the clutchest quarterbacks of our generation, he hits Antonio Brown a couple times, and then Sean Sweeson walks it off for Pittsburgh winning this football game. But for Cleveland, the bounce back here in, in Pittsburgh, I'm really excited to see what Brian Hoyer and this team could do next week, even though Hoyer doesn't have the biggest upside. Still for the Browns to come back and take advantage of the Steelers' lackadaisical approach to the second half. This was one of the best football games that we have seen this week. We saw some exciting games at 4 o'clock today. The 49ers looked very dominant. This game was not as close as the score indicated. The score was 28-17. to Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers... Looked great. They're, they're both offensive and defensive lines. Looked wonderful. Tony Romo looked like a guy who had back surgery last year, missed most of the preseason, was very rusty. Started off the game with three interceptions in the first half, and they got buried at halftime, 28-3. to They came back. They eked out 14 meaningless points in the second half. But clearly, dominating performance. So as we, as we look at the NFC, we look at the 49ers and the Seahawks. Really in stride, picking up where they left off last year. Looking strong, and 49ers going into Big D, handling them easily. 
I was really impressed by the San Francisco 49ers. Vernon Davis looked in midseason form. You have all this commotion with the San Francisco 49ers, Alden Smith's whole offseason, the DUIs, and everything. And then you have a player on San Francisco that committed sexual assault and still was allowed to play in this game because the trial uh, could not be done fast enough. I have to correct you. He was accused of sexual assault, so we have to be very careful because we have a lot of listeners. Ray McDonald uh, allegedly uh, committed some act, but that's what's great about America. You're innocent until proven guilty. He hasn't been, nothing's been proven. He's innocent at this time, and therefore, he was allowed to play in the game. That is true, and I apologize. So looking at San Francisco in this game, they're, they just have a winning culture. You know, you look at Jim Harbaugh on this team, and they're, they're a team that I feel really confident about going deep into this NFL season. I look at the West, and you have Seattle and San Francisco. I mean, those are two powerhouses, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be battling it out again for an NFC championship because on both sides of the ball, they were flying around, and Romo just with costly interceptions. The Dallas defense is absolutely in shambles. It's Colin Kaepernick and Quan Bolden. They just had their way the entire ball game, and this was just a runaway from the start. So, Dallas, I think, is in for a long, long season. I don't think they have the talent defensively. And and Romo, it's also a concern. I mean, you look at Romo, he's up there in age. I think his best days could be behind him a little bit as he heads on with his career. And the days of Tony Romo being a great quarterback, I mean, or being a very good one, I think that the gap is three years for Romo and this Dallas team. But you look at Murray, Des Bryant, Witten, they have to score points and not turn the football over. They moved the ball inside the 20s, but just some hard decisions by Romo. And I think Dallas can improve. Niners are a great football team. Uh, today just affirmed that how good the Niners are and how Dallas will not be an elite team because of their defensive struggles. We saw a great game tonight. We, we, we don't want to use the word great or excellent, but I thought it was a wonderful game to watch. And we saw uh, we, essentially, we essentially saw Peyton Manning going back to play the Indianapolis Colts. It was the only team in the NFL that he hasn't beaten. So that was a storyline. It was clear the NFL wanted to set that up, and they put it in prime time. And starting out, uh, Peyton Manning was firing at all cylinders at halftime, it looked like it was going to be a laugher, 24-7. But Andrew Luck, the cutback kid, came back and just beautifully, with surgical precision, uh, drove them back, including a successful onside kick, which is very unusual, about 15% chance of an onside kick recovery. Beautifully executed. And guys like T.Y. Hilton and Reggie Wayne, the offensive line, and Andrew Luck coming back, and really putting a scare to the Broncos. And unfortunately, the very end of the game in the fourth quarter, we're all hoping for overtime because we, we just can't get enough football. And there was a tipped ball, and uh, player Raheem p- picked up, was very opportunistic, had two interceptions, and essentially saved the day for the Broncos. So the Broncos win game one in mile high, and uh, but not without some fireworks of Andrew Luck in the second half. So... You guys had a chance to see that game. Just a beautiful game. 
and uh, very enjoyable to watch. I love seeing great quarterback play. And in this one, you had Peyton Manning versus Andrew Luck. And this was just a, such an exciting shootout, as you mentioned, in Denver, Colorado. You look at Peyton Manning, and he has Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas at his disposal. And in the first half, you could tell that Peyton still had that nasty taste in his mouth from last year's loss where the Indianapolis Colts were able to fend off the Broncos at Lucas Oil Stadium. And Andrew Luck... You, you watched him versus the Kansas City Chiefs, and one thing about Chuck Pagano and this Colts team, they really take on the personality of their coach, and they never give up. I loved how in the fourth quarter, Luck didn't have his head down. Even when they were down by 17 points, he kept everybody rallying, always next possession, next play. Got the onside kick, Hakeem Nicks. Had some nice plays in the fourth quarter for this team. Ahmad Bradshaw. It's kind of like the Giants Midwest out there for the Indianapolis Colts having those two guys on that team. And then having Wayne and Hilton. I think the Colts are going to have a successful season with Andrew Luck. They just need to run the football a little bit better. Trent Richardson, if he can take that next step and they could be a balanced football team, I think that they could scare some people and possibly get to 11 and 12 wins again. But a game I really want to talk about that really jumps out at you is Tennessee going in the arrowhead and convincingly beating down the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at Tennessee last year, they were 4-1, and one, and this is not a team that gets a lot of publicity, but they were 4-1, and one, and then Jake Locker went down with a season-ending injury, and then you had Ryan Fitzpatrick taking over the season, and Jake Locker is a guy from Washington that has speed, mobility, arm strength and leadership and he's a guy that could be a very solid NFL passer in this league and for Tennessee their defense has always been stout I think that they are a serious contender in the AFC South I think if Jake Locker stays healthy that it's going to be a barn burner between him and Indianapolis Tennessee with a huge one and then you look at Kansas City had a great year last year caught teams by surprise but their defense if it doesn't play up to par their offense is really shaky and you saw that even last year versus the Colts I mean Alex Smith is a guy that I don't know if he could really take this team to the promised land in Kansas City they just don't have that elite passing game and even though they have Charles you need to have excellent passing in this football in, in this league and when you think about the Kansas City Chiefs they're just not they're just a team that i believe is very beatable if you shut them down would you have to agree with that i would agree but one thing i have to agree with is we're coming to the end of this segment i do want to touch upon Chiefs Titans so i hope you guys are enjoying our show we appreciate all the listeners across the network Voice America Sports. I'm Bruce the Sports Doc. We'll be back in three minutes. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm a neurologist and pain medicine doctor practicing in the Philadelphia and Delaware area. It appears that the dominant theme is NFL Week 1. As we prepare to go over the injury report, it's clear that in our next show... I'll be discussing particular injuries, mechanisms, ways to prevent injuries and treatment. But at this point, it's premature. Without appropriate diagnosis, MRIs, and the like, I don't want to take any suppositions. And there certainly were some important injuries that occurred this week, but I prefer to give you a a straight answer as to the exact nature of the injury. Clearly, Evan Mathis had would appear to be a catastrophic injury for the Eagles. At least to the naked eye, it looked like it could be a season-ending injury. We sure hope not. But let's pick up where we left off. We're talking about Chiefs-Titans. My thoughts are, in the field of sports these days, the kiss of death for any athlete, especially in baseball, 
is a long-term contract. And Alex Smith, no exception. He just got a big four-year contract from the Chiefs, making him the franchise quarterback. And what did he do? He laid an egg today. They played the Titans, certainly not a fearsome team, and minimal offense. Only three points in the first half, seven points in the second half. And I'm sure Arrowhead Stadium, where they have some of the most rabid fans, were really quiet and let down by this performance, 26-10. to 10. Now, let's go to the opposite extent, which was a shootout. Drew Brees versus Matty Ice Ryan. And in this case, the Falcons came back from a big deficit, and they prevailed in overtime, 37-34. to 34. Spencer, I know this is one of your key games that you highlighted in your preparation for the show. And let's hear your thoughts. Let's dig deep into Falcons Saints. Absolutely. Great tee-up, by the way. Falcons and Saints started off slow for the Atlanta Falcons in this game. The Saints were out 20-10. to 10. Drew Brees is coasting. And with the Saints, you know you're going to get offense. And the Saints really unwrapped a beautiful gift that they drafted out of Oregon State. Brandon Cooks today had a very nice game, over 100 yards receiving. Have to give credit to the fantasy people that picked him early on in the draft because he is going to be a very vital part of the Saints' passing attack. And for the Saints, though, their secondary just got whipped by Matt Ryan as he led the Falcons back in this game. I look at the Falcons' passing attack, and they are just loaded with weapons. They have Harry Douglas, Devin Hester, just so much speed, number 17 out there on the field. And then you have Roddy White. So Matt Ryan today just used all his weapons, and this is a guy that coming off a a poor season last year, certainly by Matt's uh, standards and Atlanta's standards, for them to come back at the Georgia Dome rockin' and really come back in this football game to beat the New Orleans Saints. The Saints took a three-point lead with about a minute and 20 seconds left, and Matt Ryan didn't even flinch. He led them right down the field, and then another guy named Matt was a hero today. Matt Bryant made a 51-yard field goal to send this game into overtime, and then he hit another field goal from beyond 50 yards to send the Falcons to 1-0. and So for the Saints, what, what has always held them back is just their defense, especially like in the secondary. I really think that the Saints are susceptible, especially in dome stadiums, to allowing big passing attacks. And I knew that this game would be a shootout. And both teams just really let the other passing attack get them. It was Matt Ryan versus Drew Brees again. It was a game that whoever had the ball last was going to win. And Marquise Colston, the reason why Matt Bryant won the game was he did fumble in the full, in the final overtime period, allowing the Falcons to win. But when I look at Atlanta, I just really love Matt Ryan this year in that passing attack. Their defense still has a lot of issues, but... They just, when you have a great quarterback like that and you have a coach that is determined to turning the ship around, I think the Falcons are a great pick this year to return to the playoffs and be in the divisional round. So for Matt Ryan today, just he passed with um, exclusive. 
excruciating colors and uh, just a, a heck of a performance. Well, we, we now come to the segment we call winners and losers. And by losers, we, we don't mean that the whole team is a loser or they're going to be a loser all year. We just mean that for this week, the team laid an egg and they were the losers. And this week, the loser, the two loser teams are very easy to point out. One of them would be the offenseless and somewhat offensive Washington now called the Redskins, and God knows what politically correct name they will have in the future, but they're still the Redskins. And they got shellacked 17-6. to I'm sure, uh, I'm, I'm happy to say a game I didn't watch. I'm happy to say that I, I missed the six points that the Redskins scored in the second quarter. I don't really, it was not a big deal. And now we'll go to the Sam Bradford-less Rams. Another game looks like a major snoozer. If you guys are having insomnia, I'd say take a take a look at the replay of Vikings Rams. I'm proud to say, as your diligent sports re- reporter, I saw exactly no plays in this game, and I don't think I missed anything because I could have, if I was really lucky, could have caught the field goal from the Rams in the third quarter and just for a little excitement down. 34 to 3. I might have seen an exceptionally meaningless field goal in the fourth quarter. So I think this is the easiest call. The losers of the week are your Redskins and Rams. Adding icing onto the cake is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Josh McCown. I mean, you had a quarterback matchup of Derek Anderson versus Joshua McCown at 415 at Raymond James Stadium. And this is another game that I think is possibly the least interesting game. We were joking around because we were at a house with rabid Panther fans. And we were watching this game on the center TV. And it was unwatchable. We went out to have a catch of our own, man. Because I'll tell you what... This first half, Josh McCown and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was one of the worst offensive performances I could have seen. Everything was clustered up. (laughs) No open space and no big plays. The best play of the half might have been a five-yard touchdown to Gregory Olsen for the Carolina Panthers. So this game was also just a very meek kind of a, uh, uh, just not my favorite batch in Tampa Bay. And then you look at a game, another team I want to mention that that could also be understood as not a winner, I guess we could say, the the Oakland Raiders. I mean, the Oakland Raiders and New York Jets, this is another game. Both teams are not going anywhere this season for the Jets. I am just so glad for Rex Ryan to not have to face the wrath of the New York media if Derek Carr came in in his first NFL start and beat them. I mean, ooh, Geno Smith and the New York Jets. I think Smith is just waiting for Michael Vick to take over that football team. The Jets do not scare me at all. Even though they're 1-0 in the win column, there are some teams on out here that don't scare you at all. And that's the question I want to point out to you, is what teams that are 1-0 are pretenders and don't scare you at all? What is the flash in the pan definition? Well, you just threw that like a hanging curveball. I'm going to drive it for distance. We're going to call the Matt Castle Vikings, otherwise it was White Castle Vikings, 34-6 to over the Rams. I would call them a pretender. And also uh, going through here, the Texans 
pounding like breaded veal, the Redskins. And looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick, granted a Harvard Rhodes Scholar, a brilliant guy. But I think with the I think the Texans will come down to earth when they play virtually any other team. But let's go to the winner of the week. Winner of the week, Seattle Seahawks. And they succeeded in doing one thing. They succeeded in making Aaron Rodgers look scared because a guy named Richard Sherman literally took away half of the football field. So we have to look at NFL football field. It actually is composed of two halves. And the, the, the Packers proved that if you basically just use one half the field and you avoid the other half, you will lose the game. You will lose the game. And if we talk at Herbert Edwards, he goes, the goal is to win the game. So the way to lose the game is see a guy who looks really scary in Richard Sherman. And it was very funny to watch the post-game uh, interviews by Aaron Rodgers and by the usually confident coach of the Packers because it looks like they saw a ghost, and the ghost was Richard Sherman. And the devil's triangle was the half of the field where Sherman covered. And certainly, we, we heard a lot of people like Stephen A. Smith today, who's a big fan of Aaron Rodgers, basically lambasting him for, we will say politely, cowardly acts. <laughs> I don't even know if it was Aaron Rodgers being uh, cowardly, but the Packers game plan. You talk about discount double check, but it was really discount single coverage. And Richard Sherman, you have to eventually go after Richard Sherman, even even if Richard Sherman bites, and he will prove that he will bite you. I mean, even though he has made out to be one of the best quarterbacks, you have to keep the defense honest. And <laughs> to see Rodgers only have his only be looking at one part of the field is comical to me. And you have to go after a team, and you have to try to beat them at some point, and at least keep the defense honest, like you mentioned. And another team that I'm definitely going to give a winner to the Miami Dolphins. They are a wonderful team if this is the first five weeks of the season. But they will hit that mid-season skid, and they will be 8-8 eight and eight somehow. They will have impressive wins, and they will deceive you because that's what Joe Philbin and his team does. But really, Miami, congratulations. If you weren't fishing or playing golf and you were actually at the football game today, you actually saw them take care of Tom Brady. And you had no Sean Moreno, a great pickup by the Miami Dolphins, and he is the number one guy. So for all you Lamar Miller guys, and I'm talking to you, Andrew Shoemaker. You tried to trade me Lamar Miller in fantasy. It's not his team anymore. I checked the box score. No, Sean Moreno had 21 carries. Lamar Miller had 10. That is your answer. And so Miami Dolphins, great win today. Ryan Tannehill, I still don't believe that you are an elite-level quarterback by any means. You still played wide receiver your freshman year, and I'm not going to forget that, okay? But Miami... Enjoy this victory, and let's let's see if they can make the playoffs. I still think they're going to end up 8-8, eight and eight, but for week one, I'm going to give my hat off to South Beach and the Miami Dolphins for taking care of a pretty good football team in New England. And finally, we're into overtime on this third segment, but we have to give the MVP award to Julius Thomas for three touchdowns. In the game for the uh, 
the team that which is called the Denver Broncos. So we're in OT. We've got one more segment left. We thank everybody for listening to Bruce the Sports Talk and Spencer the Wizard on VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in three. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you are listening to bruce the sports doc with dr bruce grossinger if you have a question or comment about today's program please call in at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the newest segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're going to get back to our usual friend, the closed head injury, the concussion. I'm here with an actual live patient. We'll call him Steve S. We like to maintain his confidentiality. But Steve is a very wonderful guy who had a very bad thing happen to him. In May of this year, he was involved in an accident where his head was jolted around. He had an acceleration and deceleration, and he suffered a severe concussion. Steve is with us today, and what we're going to hear from him is his experience with respect to his symptomatology, and uh, he, he has participated in impact testing, and he's noted a host of symptoms. So firstly... Steve, I wanted to welcome you to the program. We're here on Voice America Sports, and you know me as Dr. Grossinger, but I'm Bruce the Sports Doc. I wanted to say, Steve, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, my, my experience has been that um, I, uh, I have trouble um, recalling uh, what, you, what I, I might have been doing in conversation 
or what I've read or um, even what I'm supposed to do without making lists and reminders and things like that. And then uh, just the headaches have been really bad to the point of causing me to be nauseous or even vomiting it sometimes. Um, I, I get dizzy sometimes and the injections help for a little while, but, um, I, I, uh, I'm kind of suffering kind of, this has been going on for a while, but, um, I'm hoping that as time goes on, uh, that things will improve. Okay. Well, I wanted to thank you for that initial description of your symptoms. Looking at your impact score, Steve, um, you're very symptomatic, as you indicated. Some of the biggest problems relate to your headaches, your nausea. Uh, you've been having difficulty with processing. And what I, and I want to also, what, what, I, what I try to stress is certain areas, headaches, cognitive processing, and sleep are areas that are very difficult. And I wanted to talk, have you tell our audience a bit about your sleep problem. Um, I, I, I have another injury that causes me, uh, problems as well, but I've had, uh, the biggest difficulty with just getting to the onset of sleep. And then when I finally do sleep, it's four or five in the morning and I'm back up helping my wife get the kids out the door. And, uh, then I'm sleepy during the day and, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of a vicious cycle where it, it um I, I feel like I'm not um able ever to really catch up, I guess. Steve underwent impact testing, and this is very instructive. His first impact test post injury was on six twenty nine, two thousand eleven, which was uh six weeks after his concussion on May 16th. His initial scores with the various composites were literally in the one percentile for the four parts, which were verbal memory, visual memory, his motor speed, and his reaction time. So his cognitive efficiency index was 0.06, which is considered a low score, and then it was below 0.2. He had some time, some treatment, and essentially, a month later, which is 7-29-2011, today, he has gone up in some areas dramatically. That is, his verbal memory has gone from 1% to 11%. His motor speed went from 1% to 5%. And his reaction time is up to 4%. Still in the borderline area, which is lower than... So just to recap, he spontaneously has improved... And that is often the case with concussions, but he's still in some ways in the low normal range. And his biggest problem is with visual memory. So as far as him being able to read and retain, that would be a tough area. Also, we talked about his headache. So how have we treated his headaches? We've used some occipital injections, which means injecting him in the back portions of his head. So Steve, tell us a bit about your response to the injections. Um, the inject, the injections help for, um, a little bit of time. Usually I've had them like once a week and by the time I come back, it's, it's time for another one. Um, usually a lot of the times I've, uh, 
uh, aggravated things with some of the physical therapy that I'm doing for uh, my shoulder injury and just kind of uh, moving my neck the wrong way. Um, but it, it does it, it helps considerably in stopping the onset of the headaches. Now, I think it's important for the listening audience to realize that before your concussion, uh, and, and of course now you're still a very intelligent guy, but your job is to do various consultation things, and that involves having to multitask, to deal with people, to be articulate. And since your concussion, I know that you're frustrated about how you're performing. Could you tell us a bit about your, what you're experiencing f- from the concussion, how it impacts whenever you try to do something resembling your prior work? Well, um, I, I, I did some technical transfer work um, in the, for the pharmaceutical industry, but my primary job was a, as an AP chemistry teacher. And um, I, I, since May 16th, I, I was unable to focus and um, do any of the work. So I, I've been out on, on long-term disability. I didn't teach summer school or um, um, I haven't tutored anyone over the summer just to, until I uh, kind of recoup my, uh, my ability to focus on what I need to do. Well, I think that relates directly to how we're treating Steve. Uh, we talked earlier, actually last week, about how there are no medicines that have been studied long enough and well enough that have been shown statistically to help people with concussions. So what we're doing now is empiric treatment. Uh, he is getting a combination analgesic for his headaches. He's receiving occipital injections, just to let the audience know. These are injections at the interface between his head and neck. And what we're doing is we're also prescribing something which is a neurostimulant, which is called Adderall. And we started him off on 10 milligrams because I'm really concerned. Here's a guy who's a high-functioning guy who's done work in the past as a consultant, who's basically totally disabled from working as a chemistry teacher. So here's a really bright guy. And any of you who remember high school, and I being a doctor, I can tell you chemistry is certainly one of the most complicated areas. Basically, it really takes into account a lot of visual-spatial ideas. It also has a lot of mathematics. It's really a lot of algebraic formulas and physical formulas. There's a lot of physics and chemistry. You can't really... You can't really understand chemistry without understanding physics, really. So here's a guy who, whose job is to teach, you know, uh, adults, teenagers, kids, chemistry, and he just can't do it. You can imagine how frustrated he is. So firstly, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue with some of the discussion, but I want to thank Steve for participating in the show. Thank you so much, Steve. Well, you're very much welcome. Thanks for having me. So we've got Steve on his way. But I think it's very important for you to realize that concussions don't play favorites. They happen to everybody, young and old, every race, every creed, every color. And people can start off being extremely intelligent and accomplished like Steve. Some people start off, unfortunately, they might have some pre-existing problems like a learning disability or attention deficit. And you can imagine we, we add the concussion into the mix and it, it really causes problems. So if we look at Steve, we, we look at his symptom complex, we can see how symptomatic he really is. He's still graded to be a 6 in headache with nausea and vomiting. He still has a 6 out of 6 in falling asleep. Relatively good with respect to his vision. 
that is zero. That means he hasn't had a problem with the brainstem area or his optic nerves or his occipital part of the brain, which is the back part of the brain. So that's, that's a good thing. And emotionally speaking, he's at a pretty even keel with a little bit of sadness and frustration, which is natural when you lose your ability to work, when you require many treatments to see doctors, and when you require medications. And before this concussion, he was formerly extremely healthy. So in any event, you've now understood what it's like to be in the doctor's office, to actually interview a patient, and to go over the impact testing, which is software developed at the University of Pittsburgh. Kudos go to Dr. Mickey Collins and his staff for developing and servicing the software and allowing us to utilize it. And we're happy to certainly uh, speak about that software today. So I want to thank you all for listening to this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.